Now, tips for parenting toddlers during the lockdown. Our guest is the parenting coach, author and mum of two, Charlene Paul, whose latest book is called Toddler Whispering, a follow-up to her best-selling Baby Whispering. Everything from sleeping, eating, toilet training, screen time and much more. Charlene's in lockdown at home with her husband, toddler and nine-month-old baby in Raglan. Good morning, Charlene. Good morning. (laughs) So how's the lockdown set up going for you with youngies? Oh, well, I feel very blessed to have a garden and, um, to, uh, you know, quite a good community to be able to walk around in terms of the streets and so forth. <laughs> it's a real situation for people at the moment with young children trying to work from home and everyone's, you know, everyone's making their own way of it. But it provides some unique challenges, doesn't it? Because um, two-year-olds, and they're not up for, you know, they're not up for pop back and see mum or dad in half an hour, are they? no but I think I mean it's funny because I just think this is a wonderful um, opportunity for parents to have some quality time even though there's challenges particularly for those children who are used to the extra stimulation of preschools and daycares and so forth Um, there is a lot you can do at home and I do feel for people in an apartment where there isn't much space but this age group, I kind of feel, is probably slightly easier than the primary school age group in terms of being able to stimulate them more easily at home. Very good point. What are some of the what are some of the ways you do that? They're sort of they're, are they more quickly responsive to yeah. the distractions or the actions than an older child? It, Exactly. And they thrive on repetition. So, you know, the whole idea of a preschool and daycare, I used to run one many years ago, is the repetition and having the same routine every day. The music time is at a set time, having um, creative time around meal times, morning tea times, those simple routines on repeat they actually love and thrive in as long as you add in a little bit of diversity in there. But things like I converted half of my office space into a playroom for the children and taken away things off the desk that I don't need at the moment and have created a hut underneath the desk. And George, who's two and a half, is loving that. But equally, his sister is loving it at nine months old as well. So there's lots of little things that you can do within the house but also of course if you've got garden space um, we've been making the most of this time planting seeds and uh, George just loves using the watering can and um, getting in the dirt and digging and and simple you know outdoor pleasures like that. Really wise to set up if you are working we'll move on to other things in a moment but if you are um, working I've seen some wonderful things I've seen people who've put some really good um Uh, email replies or contact replies along the lines of you know that the idea that we've all got some extra staff on hand at the moment and some of the the the, the two-year-old is particularly particularly prone to office drama so just 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 a way of making everyone appreciate that this is the environment and we're all part of it we're all in it together Um, but I love your idea that if you have a space where they can be near you but you get rid of some of the things that they can pull down or rip or or damage yes yeah and so they can be Yeah, I've encouraged encouraged, um, even before this lockdown with families with this age group, toddlers and preschoolers, is they like to play near you most of the time. You know, they love their independent play, but they really love being near you because then they can get your reactions and encouragement. So I've often gone into people's homes and said, you know, 
what are you using this space for? It might be a little seating area or coffee room or something. And I'll say, do you really need those shelves with magazines or photo albums on them at the moment? Do you think you could display some of their music toys or books or some of their activities and, and utilise that space for this particular age? And, of course, in lockdown, that would be even more um, vital. Something else to... Um consider is how they pick up on stress and there's a lot of it out mm. there right now mm-hmm. and we're yeah. asking a lot of parents I know who are feeling in many instances the most acute, most acute stress about their financial or their business or their yes. job situation yes. you've got yeah. to somehow have a switch don't you that keeps that to you and to grown-ups and somehow protects the toddler what are you taking yeah oh I mean it's so hard and my son particularly he's very sensitive he's very emotional very teary and he picks up on um a lot and I think you know there's an element that it's good for them to sort of realize that you're feeling an emotion but it's about switching off and distracting and I think when you've set up particular activities with children that bring joy it's a really good distraction to bring you out of how you're feeling so so water play, bubbles, doing stuff that creates laughter with your child um, or your baby is going to be the best way to divert the stresses of what's going on. But I also believe in that routine. I mean, I've always been a huge believer in routine and particularly now because when you're busy as a parent and, you know, I single parented George and, and then have running my own business, writing the book. Having that routine is the best coping mechanism when you're de- dealing with stress in your head because you're distracted by your child's routine. That is essential. It's a really important point you make, actually, that embracing that engagement with your children and just parking stuff in the moment and going with them where they're going is actually going to help yes. with with the, with the mental and emotional balance that it you does. need in these times. And, and- Yeah, and that's why I feel the structure and the routine is really important, not only for them, but for you, because it keeps you on track. You know, if you wander off in your mind or your emotion, you might have listened to something on the radio or somebody sent you a message that concerns you, but actually at that moment coming up is their, um, you'd plan to do an activity or is their sleep time or their um, bath time. You, you're distracted um, because you sort of keep your path for the children um, as the most important at that time of day. Which it is at any time of day, and that again is a, <laughs> busy. <laughs> a, in the most extreme of circumstances, or even, even even if you're not in that, it's just a, a good perspective reminder about what ultimately does matter, what does matter most um, in life. Yes. Um, simple thing to yes. say, I know. Let's talk about toddler behaviour and behavioural um, change that you're trying to achieve or that you're trying to, to learn. Is this the time to be doing it? Is the time to be doing it just whenever it's, it's, it's necessary? Could you comment? I think keeping up the same um, boundaries that you had started to establish or that you'd established um, before this uh, lockdown is important, but we also must be mindful that I always talk about an 80-20 sort of balance. There has to be a little bit more flexibility at that time. So when you realise, I always say when children have tantrums or having something to do with a behaviour issue, is sort of think about why, what time of day these are happening, why they might be happening, and is there something that you can tweak or change in your 
running of the day or routine that could um, lessen the amount of them. Um, but in terms of the reaction to the, your, their behaviour, I don't think that you really need to change that at this time. It just might be that sometimes you use diversion rather than uh, timeout or um, quiet time as such. Let's look at some of the specific matters that you cover in the book and, and, uh, and, and in your advice. What are some of the things that you really are trying to establish or re-establish at this age? Well, the book's kind of divided into two, really. It's divided into the toddlers, sort of under two and a half, and then the um, preschoolers, that old um, older age group. And I designed it just like my first book in terms of as a um, advisor is what I get asked most frequently. And the most frequent thing in both of the age groups is um, creating boundaries and what is okay in terms of do's and don'ts and um, how you're dealing with tantrums, of course, is um, a big one for this age group. And then screen time is um, sort of a more modern thing that's come about. And so I sort of talk about screen time and common questions that get asked um, for each of the age groups. Let's talk about the tantrums so yeah. <laughs> uh, associated with the terrible twos. What's yeah. going on with them and what's your it's, best it's, response to them? Yeah, it's funny because a lot of people say to me um, when I do a consult, oh, I didn't actually experience the terrible twos, I experienced the challenging threes. So it is a personality thing, I think. Um, the two-year-olds, definitely you see them starting to happen, but they can carry on these tantrums subject to the child's personality and, and how we're dealing with them right through into sort of two, threes and fours. Um, I have a, a, a phrase that I say is listen, acknowledge and respond. So listen to what they're having the tantrum about. Acknowledge that they are frustrated or upset or annoyed and then respond. Respond. And responding is um, choosing a way that you're going to deal with that um, behavior in terms of that tantrum. I have um, always been a believer in using a quiet chair or quiet spot that is in the same room, particularly with the younger children. And I've actually started using it with um, George, my son, and uh, when he's doing something and I've given him sort of a verbal chance to think about his behavior and he won't listen, then I will. he will sit on this chair. But he's in the same room. He's not sent away, which can sometimes be very detrimental for a, a toddler age group, um, is sort of seen as a bit of rejection. What is going on with them? They are in full-on red rag phase, aren't they? There's not much <laughs> thinking going on in there in a tantrum, and you almost have to wait out for that moment where you can, can relate again. Yeah, a lot of it starts in the beginning, particularly in the old age group, with the frustration of their communication skills. You know, they can't communicate what they're feeling. They can't communicate and express what is frustrating them. And often if we're rushing them or we're not actually respecting this personality or the stage of their development, it frustrates them so much that it results in a meltdown, a major meltdown. So it, as their communication skills improve that's when the tantrums generally speaking will start to dissipate so it's incredibly frustrating for them not being able to communicate why they're annoyed um, also developmentally you know they think that they can 
climb that mountain, but we know as a parent that that is unachievable and we have to somehow make that known to them that that is not achievable, right? Which, of course, is very frustrating for them. And that's where um, those consistent sort of repetitive boundaries are really important. We're hemming them in just right when they're trying to bust out. There's there's some other factors too. Let's talk about sleeping and eating because this can be a factor Mm. as well, just simply getting Mm -hmm. overtired. And let's talk about sleep changes in this age group and how you manage them. Well, it's, again, divided into two. So you're going to go from babies when they are once. At the beginning of this book, I talk about moving from two sleeps a day to one sleep a day and then from one sleep a day to no sleeps. And I've always talked about transition phases and not being absolute. So it's a little bit different at the moment with lockdown because they're not going to be getting their usual external activities. So they may have to have their routine altered. But when they're going through changes and parents contact me, they say either their children are waking up bright-eyed and bushy-tailed at 5 o'clock in the morning, um, then I will discuss with them what their weekly routine is, how many activities they have, so you're not going to cut back on sleep too prematurely that they then will get overtired. So it's about weaning them off the amount of sleep by reduction rather than just stopping. Um, And then equally, when they go from two sleeps down to one or one sleep to no sleep, I've always been a big believer in creating quiet time. And this um, lockdown period is actually a really good time to start this, is um, creating a time where they just are a bit more still and a bit more quiet. And um, you might use something like audio books or put some quiet music on, some meditative music, and create a quiet space for them in their house somewhere might be in the hut that you've created and and start with maybe just five minutes quiet time and then encourage that time to sort of increase up to 30 minutes and those are sort of the transition phases of moving out of sleep but they still need that downtime so they don't get overtired and a bit crazy at the end of the day. One sleep question from a listener how do we deal with daylight savings and the impact on sleep please help. (laughs) (laughs) the basic guide has always been that the week before the change and the clocks change you tweak your daily routine by about 10 to 15 minutes sort of 15 minutes so you just slowly shift that bedtime to heading towards the new time and if you do it gently and gradually over the week it doesn't have the same sort of shock impact Um, it really also depends on the how many sleeps a day your child's having or if they're having no sleep it's a little bit easier Um, but yeah that's the sort of the general rule of thumb is the week before start tweaking your current routine and pushing out that bedtime by 15 minutes let's talk about eating and again how those routines change uh, at this stage of life, at the toddler stage. Mm, eating. <laughs> um, I, when I do my seminars, the biggest thing I talk about is patience and um, and distraction because most children that have problems with eating, it comes about um, because it, they may be teething. So it might start when they're teething and their taste buds change. They, they don't feel like that food that they used to love anymore. And then because of their reaction to that, we become a little bit fearful and we might change what we're offering them. So it's 
really about being creative in terms of enhancing flavors in their food, making it visually appealing, but also making sure that the time of day when you're offering it is not too late. And this is, a, again, a really positive thing about this lockdown is that there is not going to be the families that pick up their children from daycare or preschool and have to sit in traffic to get home and dinner's running quite late because of those things they can't avoid. So having an early dinner time that is going to capture the children while they're before they get um, fidgety and, and less patient with their eating is a great one. Something I've had to do with um, my son, he's an incredibly slow eater, and this started really early on. And most parents would not have um, stuck it out. I know like I did, but I sometimes I'd be sitting at the table with him for 45 minutes to an hour. And even sometimes now, because he just chews and thinks, and I had to read nine books sometimes to be able to get through his meal. And if you don't apply that patience and respect to their age and their personality, then they can learn not to eat that well because we're not we're rushing them. And that's something that's really um, key in this um, toddler age group is not being pressured and rushed. Well, speaking of which, it's yeah. <laughs> an ideal time possibly to work on the toilet training. It is. Well, funny enough, that's something that I'm planning to do because um, you don't have to go in and out and in and out and confuse them by putting a nappy on and not putting a nappy on. So um, um, when you've got a, a child that's showing signs of being ready, like that's one thing I'll say is don't just because we're in lockdown, do assess to see if your child is ready. Don't do don't push them into it just because it's a perfect time um, for it. Make sure they are ready. And um, I talk about in my book, those signs of what, you know, that they show you that they're ready. My son is ready and he showed those signs at the end of summer. But with being busy with a baby and work, I kind of went, oh, I'm just going to wait till he really is ready. And so now I know I've got this opportunity. He knows what to do. It's just he can't be bothered. So I'm going to sort of step it up a little bit. <laughs> and what does it involve? Because, again, you don't want to give them... Um, a fixation around it same with eating it's something no. that requires patience while someone makes a really big change actually and quite an exposing change isn't it, it it's, yeah, a, it's a big it moment it is a big moment I think um, being being mindful about where they want to do it so some children have a fear about doing it in a bathroom or a toilet and I know when George showed me his first sign he wanted to have the potty sitting on the deck and that was absolutely fine with me to move it around and make it a bit more creative and a bit more inviting because he didn't really want to go into that dark or quiet space. Um, but just be mindful of not using the words, oh, no, you know, oh, and oh, that's a shame and, and making them feel like they're failure. Just go, oh, dear, that that's an accident. We'll try next time and do that maybe for up to sort of three days where you might have lots and lots of underpants if you've got them on supply, of course, at the moment. And be prepared that you're going to have a lot of washing and they are going to wet themselves. And But try not to make them feel disheartened by it. Um, and then after three days, maybe reassess if you're not making any progress, if it's actually going backwards, if they're getting a little bit sneaky and going and hiding so that, you know, they don't um, have to go on the potty or the toilet, then maybe it's time to stop and try again later. 
Now, screen time, particularly challenging at the moment because everybody's Mm -hmm. trying to occupy their time um, Mm -hmm. and get Mm -hmm. through all this. So Mm -hmm. I suppose it's exceptional right now. But in general, what are your thoughts about screen time, especially in this quite young age group? I'm not, personally, I'm not a huge fan of it. I've always sort of thought the least amount is better, the least as possible. But there are many families that need it. Um, They express to me that they find it very helpful, particularly when they have a new baby in the house or if they're working and they they need to use it. Um, So it's about being being careful about how many times a day and the time of day you use it, particularly for the younger age group. I've been into some families where they're having maybe about an hour at the end of the day and some of the content that they're watching for that particular child who's particularly sensitive can actually then have issues later, maybe with nightmares or dreaming. So I feel that it's okay to use if you use it sensibly with boundaries within your routine maybe pick one time a day that you would find it most helpful for them to sort of just be still and just monitor the content of what they're watching just finally one more question and we started we we started out there but we might finish there again this is a solo mum asking has a two-year-old toddler has to work from home just asking for Mm -hmm. some tips we touched on that with that play area or sorry the little kind of um, fort area near you and just clearing a space when they can be near you because that's going to be the main driver isn't it just there they like being in your bubble all the time not just in lockdown yeah one one little tip is if you know you've got some work that needs to be done be a bit creative so maybe while they're having their midday sleep maybe at night when they go to bed create a surprise for them to wake up to a new activity something that you've set up at night time so when they wake up they're like wow that's a surprise so it's a really good distraction and you know it might occupy them for about half an hour why you need to get something really important done Um, and choosing a space if you don't want to be interrupted or can't be interrupted choosing a space that's not a bit of a tease to a child like choosing the kitchen table probably isn't the best place it might be in the bedroom where you can shut the door and actually explain that that that's um a workspace today thank you so much charlene really appreciate your time and your expertise thank the, you the latest book is toddler whispering by charlene paul as with so many of the books we're covering at the moment um you may not be able to go out and buy them in the lockdown situation but you can certainly put them on your long list Your bookseller is going to greatly appreciate your business when you are able to come back. And more than that, you're going to have some great reading. Her previous book was Baby Whispering.